Welcome to the podcast of Grace and Peace Church. These are the teachings from our Sunday gatherings. We are supported by listeners like you who find value in the mission of discipleship. If you'd like to give financially, check out our website, our Instagram, or our Facebook for the giving tab. And thank you for partnering with us and keeping the mission alive. Grace and peace to you. Too much fun. Too much fun in church. It's not good. Yeah, marshmallows, we should do that. That'd be fun. I highly encourage that in your homes this week. All right, so I'm going to relight these because that got a little dangerous. Um, Yeah, so hope, peace, and today we're going to talk about joy. And I know that joy, this is, this is a complicated one, and it's, it's kind of a fresh one. It's been, for me um, and our family, but it's been really good because of the reminder that it is. And um, the, the idea of joy, and there's all these songs that we sing, right? Um, joy to the world, these famous songs that we're going to sing during this season. Um, Joyful and triumphant, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. Um, all this talk about joy, a lot of times, like I spoke about the last couple of weeks, can, I think, give us this false sense that we're just supposed to be happy during this season and just supposed to be like this like supernatural joy that just, or happiness that happens. Um, and I use that word specifically because of the definition and how we're going to work on that. Um, but there's a sense that, it, that this season has to be joyful, happy, um, super meaningful in some way that maybe you have traditions, maybe you have expectations around this season that we feel like we have to fulfill. And, um, and I think sometimes that unmet expectation, the reality that we have to face traffic, that we have to face bills, that we have to face um, health challenges, all kinds of things, can sometimes leave us in that place of just unmet expectations and frustrated and kind of like maybe a little burnt on the season. Maybe you've experienced that. And what I want to say is that maybe we have the wrong definition of joy, okay? Um, So we're going to unpack that for a little bit. I have a lot of verses that I'm going to throw at you. Um, So if you have your phone or whatever to, like, pull up the digital bulletin, you'll see all the passages um, because I might move through them a little quickly, and you might want to sit with them a little bit later um, throughout the week. But this idea of joy is all throughout Scripture, and the way that joy is described is different than what we think of, okay? Um, this week, I've been thinking through ways to illustrate it best, and there's all kinds of ways. Once I start talking about it, you'll start to think of things in your own life. But there's this really beautiful illustration that happened actually in real time this week as I went, and there's a guy that I know that's named Buck, who is a local guy here in Oceanside, who... I know from spearfishing and diving, and um, I've known that he's a believer, and I know that he has a ministry. I've known that he has had a ministry for many years, and uh, a skate ministry, so skateboarding, um, but then also a sober living community that he's created. And this week, I got to go and tour this sober living community that's out in Oceanside. It's right next to North Coast Church, uh, out off. Is it Santa Fe? out there um, by um, whatever that lake is. Why am I blanking on that one right now? Guahomi, my homie. There we go. Um, Out by Guahomi. And he has five acres out there. And so I went and took a tour of Rising Tide Ranch. And 
this ranch, this community that he's built um, houses up to 14 men on that property um, going through rehab and um, and the process of either giving them space to get off the street or go through rehab um, has been inspiring. And while I was there and while I was watching what was happening, uh, him giving me like this cult, this really amazing like kind of rundown on everything that's been happening there on the, the ranch and the life transformation that's been happening. His buddy pulls up and uh, I probably won't share his name because maybe it'll be on the live feed or maybe you'll see it, I don't know. But um, he, 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 this buddy shows up who has been through rehab um, and is many years sober and he's 68, shows up there and he's reinvesting in other people's lives. He's a sponsor, so he helps other people, um, checks in on them regularly, and invests in other people's lives. And to me, as I met this guy for the first time, he had the biggest grin on his face the entire time. Like, this guy was the epitome of stoked on life. Like, happiness was coming from his life. And He's 68, and he just shared about how he and his wife just had a baby. And I'm like, that's wild. And you have joy? Like, this is crazy. This guy's, like, excited about life. And so that's where you drive in on the ranch. Um, did I put another picture before this? Okay, so this is the guy right here on, on the right side with me. I took a picture with him because um, he happened to know a bunch of other people that I know, and I was like, how do you know all these people? This is crazy. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, that guy's an epic human being, okay? And so his joy is a result of life of turmoil and all kinds of things and overcoming and experiencing transformation. Loves Jesus like nobody's business. This is a guy I built a spear gun for that I gave this gun to him on Thursday night. This guy was over the moon excited about this spear gun that he received, like, the happiest human being I've seen in a long time. I share these two people side by side in this image because the spear gun this guy got, it brought happiness, right? But in a few years, it'll become mundane, normal, routine life. The guy on the right has a lifetime of transformation that's happened, that journeys with him, that now he's investing and has a joy to invest in other people's lives that is the kind of joy that we're talking about here at Christmas, okay? So Christmas, we talk about giving gifts, receiving gifts. Sure, they're all great. It's fun. But that's happiness. That's not joy. Happiness is based on circumstances. Happiness is, I just had a really good donut and coffee, and I'm happy. I'm probably going to crash in a little bit, but no, <laughs> I'm happy, right? That's based on circumstances. I got a new fill-in-your-blank, car, spear gun, whatever it is. Um, there is beauty to that. Like, I really enjoy the process of creating and building and the craftsmanship that goes into building a spear gun. And then the joy that comes from seeing somebody else use that tool to harvest fish and bring in food for their family. I love that. It's amazing. But that is all temporary. What we're talking about in Advent here and what we're talking about in Jesus is the guy on the right, the joy that supersedes our circumstances, that's way bigger than our, where we find ourselves. There's a song called Your Love Never Fails uh, by Jesus Culture, 
I almost asked you guys to play. I should have done it. But, um, but it says, uh, there may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. You guys have probably heard that song. I'm going to read the full lyrics from that little section right there. You stay the same through the ages. Your love never changes. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And when the oceans rage, so when life gets chaotic, I don't have to be afraid because I know that you love me. Your love never fails. You guys know that one, 1 Corinthians, right? The wind is strong, the water's deep, but I'm not alone here on these open seas because your love never fails. That line, there may be pain in the night. There may be pain at some point in life, right? If you like zoom out and use that analogy, that, that word picture for life, there may be pain in your life, but joy comes in the morning. Joy is so much bigger than circumstances. Joy is what we begin to cling to and what I want to begin to hopefully help us either be reminded of or begin to see clearly as we sit here and talk about it this morning. That song comes from Psalm 35. It says, weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Our happiness is built on circumstances. Joy is built on truth. And the truth that I want to continually remind us of is God is with you. And I know that sounds very elementary, basic, fundamental, but we forget that. We forget that God is with us. When, we, when the storms come, when challenges come at us, when we have challenges, when we make mistakes, I'm not just going to say everything comes at us because some things we make, right? Some choices we make and we've, yeah, we, we, make, we say some things that maybe we regret. We think some things. We get in some habits that maybe we regret. And we forget God is with us that he's continually inviting us to be renewed, to be transformed, to be changed. What happens and what the psalmist is saying right here is it's about recognizing that our current loss, the pain that we might be experiencing, the circumstances that we might find ourselves in do not have the last word. There may be pain in the night, but that's not the last word. The story doesn't end there, right? There may be a storm, but many of you, great analogy, have been through a storm and seen that the storm eventually fades, right? That the storm eventually passes, that it goes by, and yeah, there's turmoil and there's tension and difficulty and challenge, but then it passes, and there will be sunshine. There will be joy in the morning. When the sun rises, there will be a new day. Trusting and obeying Jesus is where we begin to find that joy. And so I want to show you some passages that maybe you're familiar with, maybe that you've heard a hundred times. But hopefully as you begin to hone in on this word joy, we begin to see how joyful this season can really be for us. And so the first one is in Luke chapter 10. And I'm going to read it from the message because this is where... Jesus sent out the 72 and the response from the 72 when they come back, they go out and do ministry 
It's almost like if we just sent us all out into the streets here to go talk to people and to minister to people, and he sends them out to go do the work of mission, of loving people, and this is their response as they come back. They go, the 72 came back triumphant, okay, joyful. Master, even the demons danced at your tune. I like the way that Eugene Peterson puts it in the message, it's a paraphrase. It says, Jesus said, I know. I saw Satan fall, a bolt of lightning out of the sky. See what I have given you. Safe passage as you walk on snakes, scorpions, and the protection of every assault of the enemy. No one can put a hand on you. All the same, the great triumph or joy is not in your authority over evil, but in God's authority over you and presence with you. God is with you. That's the reminder that he gives the disciples. Like, it's not about what you guys did when I sent you out because they came back really excited about how like, they had authority over evil spirits and all kinds of stuff. Lives were transformed as they went out. And their response was, you have like serious power here, Jesus. And he goes, yeah. And it's not about you. It's about what God is doing. God has all the power. God is the one that has the authority and the presence within you. God is the one that made you so powerful. He's with you. And he says, not what you do for God, but what God does for you. So we can't boast and take credit for it, right? That's the agenda for rejoicing. So he says, if you want to rejoice, if you want to have joy, recognize that God is at work in your life. Like he wants to do amazing things. He has this power to defeat what he says over there, every assault from the enemy. Anything that comes at you, he says, I'm going to give you the power for that. Is it all just going to zap and go away and just constantly all your problems be gone because you just go, hey, praise Jesus? Probably not. But what's going to happen, he's going to give you strength in the midst of the storm. Protection in the midst of those challenges, he says. And he says, and protection from every assault. He's not going to take them away. He's going to give you protection in the midst of them. I like that definition because sometimes we're like, oh, yeah, you just become a Christian and everything's great. It's like, no, he's going to give you protection because there still will be assault towards you. There still will be people that will make poor choices, that will say things that you aren't happy about, right? (laughs) That don't bring joy. Um, We see Jesus centered around this one thing, the Father's authority in his life. It goes on in verse 20, it says, At that, Jesus rejoiced, exuberant in the Holy Spirit. He says, I thank you, Father, Master of heaven and earth, that you hid these things from the know-it-alls, those who think they know everything about religion and what it means to engage with God. And he says, and you showed them to these innocent newcomers. You revealed yourself to these disciples who were just like, I don't even know how to like, how, how do we pray properly? How do we, how do we engage God in a way that makes sense in the right way? And he's like, you basically revealed yourself to him. And he says, yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. That's the kind of God we serve that's just like, I want to make this available to everyone. I want you to experience this life to the full. And Jesus is so centered around that. And what he teaches his disciples is center around this. This will bring life. Philippians 1, 25 says, for to me, this is Paul talking. Um, he says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? There's a a tension that he lives in is what he describes. He says, I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart 
peace out, leave this place, no longer have to deal with these storms, these challenges, and all these things that we're dealing with. Um, to be with Christ, which is better by far, he says, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. He continues on to persevere, to love, and to be um, giving of his life in order that others experience joy. So the gospel's so interwoven in Paul's life that he's like, I, it'd be much easier if I just leave this place, if you, God would just like end me now and just like be in his presence forever. But he's like, but I want others to experience this. I want to give of my life. And what's interesting is as he wrote this, guess where he was sitting? He's writing this in a jail cell chained up. He's saying, I want to give up, sure, as anybody would, but I'm going to persevere. I'm going to continue to share the gospel, even if I'm in chains, even if I'm sitting here in a jail cell. Um, it says that he was probably in Rome, um, maybe in Ephesus, but he's writing this to the church in Philippi saying, keep going. I'm going to keep encouraging. I'd love to peace out, but I'm going to stay with this because I believe that there will be joy in this faith if I continue to persevere and continue to share this with others. So again, happiness was not built on his circumstances. Paul's joy was built on truth that God is what? With him. That God is there with him in the midst of chains, in the midst of challenge, um, in the midst of his circumstances, God is with him. Circumstances are temporary. God is with him forever. And so it continues on um, Hebrews 10, 34. Um, For you have had compassion on those in prison. This is talking about the church and what it looks like to be the kind of community that it means to be, to have joy. And as you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. In this passage, what we see here again is the church being robbed of resources. And yet the response was, you joyfully accepted the scenario that most people would say, this is horrible, right? but you joyfully accepted it. You recognize that God is with you in the midst of that. It's like as if someone came and just stole your every, all your possessions, just came and robbed you, your home, while you're here at church, and you got home and discovered everything was gone. You'd be a little bummed, right? The joy is gone. <laughs> the happiness is gone. There's frustration. The response that we see here of these believers was still joy, that Their joy was not based on possessions, it says, but an abiding one, abiding in Father, in God, and saying, regardless of my life circumstances, I will continue to have joy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Health, we can have have trials uh, physically in our bodies. We can lose work. We can have all kinds of challenges. There can be broken relationships in our lives that frustrate us, that bring tension to our lives. There can be all kinds of things that will bring this kind of storm to us that will try and rob us of joy. But what Jesus is trying to teach us, what God is trying to teach us over and over, 
is it's not based on circumstances. It's not based on where we find ourselves day to day. Our joy is based on the fact that God is with us, never forsakes us, never leaves us. Because our built, our hope is built on that. That was week one, right? Because our hope is built on Jesus, we have that unwavering trust that says, I'm going to experience peace. I get to experience joy because of Jesus. This week, um, actually last week, my dad went in the hospital for quadruple bypass surgery and has been paralyzed half of his body. And I share this because I want to invite you guys to be praying for him. Um, Literally step by step, he's been slowly having more movement. Like the first day, he could wiggle his toes and lift his foot. Um, But stuff like that, you go, what? Why? You know? And what will the future look like? That's the biggest question that me and my brother started to ask. Like, is he going to be in a wheelchair the rest of his life? Is, are his mental capacities going to go away? And when I first went in visiting the hospital, I could tell there was like, it wasn't him, you know? Like the conversation was like, he was off on all kinds of tangents and things. Like it just wasn't, wasn't there. But it's gotten better and it's improving, right? And so daily we just like continue to say, what does it mean to have joy in the midst of this? Like that's a challenging situation. That's, there's nothing to be joyful about. And our definition that maybe we're all familiar with of joy is you shouldn't be joyful in that. You should be angry, frustrated, sorrowful. Um, but the definition of, definition of joy is not just smiling happy. It's contentment. It's saying, we're going to trust you, God, that you're going to work a miracle in his life. And regardless of the circumstances, we're going to continue to be faithful. and We're going to continue to love and support and be there. And so, like... That's like a real-life example that I'm experiencing in these last couple weeks of like, what does this biblical joy look like? This joy is not based on circumstances. And yet, I've met tons of believers that have this kind of joy. And typically, the response that other people have of those people, they're like, they're just naive, right? You've probably experienced that. Those Christians that are so excited about life, happy, that guy that I showed you earlier— ecstatic, like joyful, like understanding, like that guy's lived a life. He's 68. He's lived a life of ups and downs and understands that true joy is found in Jesus. It's not on his circumstances. That there will be things that are joyful, that are amazing, that are life-giving, that, are, that we could celebrate, that are awesome. But joy is so much more than that. It's not just a smile on our face. It's a posture of our heart, right? That says, oh, That's difficult, but God, it's so good to know that you're with us right now in the midst of this challenge. So it's not naive. It's not just wishful thinking. Like I think two weeks ago I talked about that, just like a good vibes, you know, like positive vibe warrior, you know, like it's not that. It's, yeah, I'm going to be positive because I know that the Father's in control, that God is in control, that I can trust him, that when I lose my job or I lose something in my life that is very tragic and difficult, I know that I can trust and have joy, contentment, not just smile on my face, that will persevere throughout all of life. Um, And that's what I hope we begin to see and what we really develop as we light that candle every single day this week. Um, We should almost light that candle all year long, right? Just like, I need to be joyful. I need to be trusting that the Father is in control. 
And that's what we celebrate in Christmas and Jesus coming. And so I want to give us some tangible ways to look at this um, that the way that we approach this, the way that we live this out daily will impact the world that we live in because people will see the way that you live. People will, will, you're going to be a witness to it. You're going to be a witness to what it looks like to be a trusting, faithful follower of Jesus that people will go, you know what? Yeah, that person's like, I know they're dealing with a lot right now, but I still see a faithfulness. They're not giving up. They're not surrendering. Um, the, the picture that came to mind this week was of children, and I'm glad there's none in here right now, but um, their view of life is very in the moment, right? Ice cream falls off the top of the cone. What happens? Like crying, meltdown, right? And what do we do as parents or as adults that are watching? Yeah, dang, that's, that's a waste. <laughs> What's wrong with you, kid, you know? No. We know that, like, typically, I got another three, four, five bucks to buy another one if you need to. It's not the end of the world. We don't need to cry over spilt milk. Like, we know that as we get older, we go, you know what? Oh, that's a bummer. You know, let me help you out. And we start to have patience. And that only comes because we've experienced tipped over coffee, spilt milk, lost ice cream, maybe a wrecked car, whatever it is. We've experienced those things more and more, and we go, yeah, you know what? God's with me. God's got this. Like, it's just an ice cream, you know? (laughs) It's okay. And we start to shift our perspective a little bit. And I know that that, when we're in the middle of challenges, that's really hard to see, because sometimes all we see is the storm. We don't see the backside of the storm. And so we need people in our lives, and we need practices that shape us to help us see that's temporary. God is there, and he's pushing back the enemy, that he's protecting us. And so Hebrews 12 says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith. The perfecter of our faith. It's a process. That, like, we continue to perfect it. We continue to draw closer to the Father and experience that trust. And he says, for the joy set before him, get this, The joy set before him endured the cross. That sentence doesn't make sense. The joy set before him, unless our perspective of joy is changed. It's not, yeah, the cross right on, you know, like happy. It was joy. It was, I know that this has an ultimate good. I know that the Father is in control, that what we're doing here is, yes, challenging, difficult. Like, I'm going to cry blood, right? Like shed tears. Like there's going to be, I'm going to sweat blood, cry tears. There's going to be a challenge. There's going to be a cost that's involved. But yet joy was set before him. Like he's like the cross. I know that that's ultimately going to set people free. I know that's going to transform people's lives. Rising Tide Ranch, those people's lives, as I see those people, I'm like, there's transformation there. People's lives have been completely shifted towards trusting Jesus and experiencing freedom that you don't experience in alcohol, freedom that you don't experience in drugs, freedom that you don't experience in a new spear gun, new car, new fill in your blank, a bigger bank account, whatever, nicer house, nicer blah, blah, blah. None of that fulfills the way that Jesus 
fulfills. And that's what he saw. He saw the joy of like, I'm coming to set you free. That brought him joy that, man, I want to experience that. I want to have that kind of perspective in my daily life to go, man, we get to serve and bring joy to children's lives, to other people's lives here in this community, to our neighbors. And do I do this perfectly? I forget all the time. I forget all the time. But you know what helps is this. So these practices, I'm going to give you a couple things, and then we're going to just close in prayer. First one is gratitude. When we begin to recognize that God is with us, we go, oh yeah, you know what? I got air in my lungs. Thank you, God. That'll change the situation. Just take a deep breath and go, God, thank you for the air that's in my lungs. Gratitude. Begin to list off things. Go, you know what? As it says in 1 Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That like what Jesus is trying to do is say, okay, I got this person in my corner. They're with me. Okay, I got air in my lungs. I'm able to like move around, do things. I'm capable. All right, God's given me that. God's given me 10 bucks in my bank account right now. Okay, cool. I got that. You know, I got children. I got whatever. Like just start going through the list. I have food. I have shelter right now. I have a roof over my head. I got clothes on my back. I'm warm. Got a cup of coffee. Okay, we're good. We can move forward. Whatever it is, we can face this. And so what scripture says over and over is have that attitude of gratitude. I hate that that rhymes, but that attitude that begins to shift our mindset to going, God is with us. He's right here with us. He's going to protect us from the storms. He wants to journey with us in this. It says in Philippians, Paul knew this as he's sitting there in chains, right? Chained up in a jail cell writing this. Rejoice in the Lord always, period. I will say it again. Rejoice. It's like, maybe you didn't read the first sentence that I wrote here. Let me read it again. Let me just write some more. I say it again. Rejoice. Have this joy in your life. Not a smile, but a joy, a contentment. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Again, it's that reminder. We see it throughout Scripture all the time. The Lord is near. There's something valuable about knowing that God is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, so that gratitude piece, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Notice that the verses don't say rejoice when everything's going your way. Rejoice when everything's dialed in the way that you hope things would work out. It says rejoice in all circumstances, just no matter what. Your dad's in the hospital, rejoice. Like, and again, this isn't smile on the face. We have to shift our understanding of what rejoice and what joy means. It's understanding that God is with us. Okay, so everything just fell apart. God is with us. I can rejoice. I can have joy. I can have contentment. I can work through this storm. We have to shift that, that mindset. And so that gratitude piece really begins to do that. And then trusting that Jesus is the source of that joy. That's what we light. We're going to light next week. The love candle and then that Christ candle. That a reminder that Jesus came here in physical form to show us that life can be really difficult. And if anybody knew that, Jesus knew, right? If anybody knows what it means to be rejected, kicked out, 
called all kinds of names, beaten, hung on a cross. Like if anybody knows pain, struggle, sorrow, he knows it. And that's what I love about our Jesus, is that we can relate. It's not a God that's far off somewhere that just says, do some stuff that I think is good for you. He knows. He demonstrated it. He lived it out. And that's where we read this famous passage that you will hear every Christmas, this time of the year, this week, tied to this idea of joy. It says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the angel of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great, what? Joy for some people, all the people. And that's the gospel. It's Jesus came into our mess and says, I want to bring great joy because of the gospel. Great news. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's the one that transforms life. So I want to close with Ephesians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's what joy is. Happiness is built on circumstances. Happiness is built on a donut and coffee. Joy It's built on the truth, on the truth that God is with us. And we have to live into that. That's so life-giving, so beautiful. Um, Snowball fights, that's temporary circumstance, joy, or happiness. Joy, so much deeper than that. Um, My prayer is that we recognize that, that we begin to see it. We have gratitude this week for the rest of our lives and begin to see how that transforms our heart. We'll just start with this week. Let's start with today, maybe. Um, Recognize the things we need to be grateful for. Recognize God present, alive in our lives, at work, transforming us from the inside out. Um, But help us to be aware of it and recognize it, that God is with us. I know that's a simple line. I just hope that that's what we take away, is that God is with us. Ice cream's going to fall over. It's going to be a waste, and you're going to be bummed. But God is with us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, uh, help us to be in tune with the fact that your Holy Spirit goes with us, that, Father, you are with us, guiding us, that you are constantly directing us towards what it means to have true joy, true contentment in all circumstances, what it means to navigate life's storms, the challenges that we face, the maybe the health challenges, the difficulties that we face in relationships, all the things that are around us that we feel like sometimes are falling apart. Help us to see how you might be using us in the midst of that to be joy, to be a reflection of your heart, your love um, to others around us. So send us out as we leave this place, being a people who are joy-filled, not just a smile on our face, but content, recognize that God, you are with us and that you want to work through us in powerful ways. So we love you, Jesus, and we pray this in your name. Amen.
Thank you.